I'm going to go ahead and call the meeting to order, and we'll do our preliminary uh, work. And by that time, I think we'll have uh, enough people here to go ahead and vote. So uh, the business meeting, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee will come to order. On the agenda for today, we have a number of pieces of uh, legislation and eight nominations. First, we'll consider a number of nominations, including several important new ambassadors and the U.S. Executive Director to the IMF. First, we'll consider S. Res. 515, a resolution welcoming Prime Minister Lee and reaffirming Singapore's strategic partnership with the United States. I would like to thank Senators Cardin and Gardner, Gardner for reaffirming the importance of the strategic partnership between the United States and Singapore in this 50th year of diplomatic relations between our two countries. Singapore is a valued partner in the Asia-Pacific, and I've appreciated the opportunity to meet with Prime Minister Lee on several occasions to discuss issues of mutual interest, including the South China Sea and TPP. Next on the agenda is S. Conrez 41, expressing the sense of Congress on the Peshmerga, uh, the Kurdistan region of Iraq. I want to thank Senator Boxer uh, for working with Senator Ernst and us on this effort. The Peshmerga has been an invaluable ally to the United States in a region fraught with enemies and has demonstrated itself to be one of the most effective fighting forces in the military campaign against ISIS. Uh, to that we are, for that, we're incredibly grateful. This, uh, the severe budget shortfalls faced by both the government of Iraq and the Kurdistan regional government are real, and they are hindering the stability of Iraq and have the potential to limit our ability to fully defeat ISIS. So I, again, I thank her for her efforts in that regard and, and the committee in working with her to make this happen. We will also consider SCON Res 42 expressing this, the sense of Congress regarding the safe and expeditious resettlement to Albania. Of all residents of Camp Liberty, I want to thank Senator McCain for bringing S. Conrez 42 before the Senate and this committee. It's extremely important that we safely resettle the residents of Camp Liberty in Baghdad on a, in a timely manner, as we have seen attacks on the camp in 2013, 2015, and recently uh, just this month. The recent rocket attack on attack on Camp Liberty only emphasizes the need to ensure their expeditious resettlement to Albania. We will also consider SCON Res 46 expressing the support of the goal of ensuring that all Holocaust victims live with dignity in their remaining years. The White House has recently added a special envoy for U.S. Holocaust survivor services under the Department of Health and Human Services to ensure that Holocaust victims living in the United States receive the care they need. I would like to thank Senators Nelson, Cardin, Boxer, Rubio, and Markey for working with us on this. Lastly, we'll consider S-Res 485, urging the government of DRC to comply with constitutional provisions regarding the holding of presidential elections in 2016, progress towards free, fair, peaceful, and constitutional elections has been insufficient this late in the year. Government excesses have signaled the prospect for insecurity and instability, so much so that the U.S. has already sanctioned one Congolese official. I support the passage of this resolution and would like to thank Senators Flake and Markey for working together to bring it to the committee. With that, I'd like to recognize our distinguished ranking member and my friend, Senator Cardin.
Well, thank you, Mr. Chairman, and uh, thank you again for uh, the way in which this uh, business meeting has come together. Uh, continuing this committee's commitment under your leadership to move nominees uh, in a very efficient, effective and, uh, manner, with eight additional nominations being brought to our attention, all of which I support. Uh, and the resolutions, which I think are extremely important. Uh, you went through all those resolutions, so I won't go through them all again, uh, other than to say I, I thank all of our colleagues for their work on this. Uh, it, it, there was, uh, I think, the right uh, amount of input. I know we had some concerns on some of the drafting, but it, it came together in a way that I think reflects the best traditions of this committee. So uh, whether it was the Singapore resolution, and I'm proud to work with Senator Gardner, the chair of the subcommittee on, on that resolution, or whether it's the how we deal with the per, uh, Peshmerga in the Kurdish region of Iraq with Senator Boxer and Ernst working together, uh, Senator McCain on the uh, refugees, uh, the Holocaust. I th want to thank Senator Nelson for his uh, longstanding work on this, working with Senator Collins. Uh, Senator Murphy, for your work on Yemen. appreciate very much all the work that you put into that. It's a, a very tense situation, and I think it expresses the, the views of all of us here, and thank you for that. And on the DRC, uh, the work done by several of our colleagues, Senator Flake, Coons, Isaacson, and Durbin, uh, I think reflect the best traditions. And Mr. Chairman, I note that we have a quorum. Well, that's, uh, that's a good thing to have in a business meeting. So, uh, but I'd like to thank you for the comments. And uh, in the interest of time, I would ask the committee to proceed and block vote in consideration of the following nominees before the committee. The Honorable Marie Yovanovitch to be Ambassador to Ukraine. The Honorable Jeffrey Pyatt to be Ambassador to Greece. The Honorable Douglas Silliman to be Ambassador to Iraq. Uh, The Honorable Michael McKinley to be Ambassador to Brazil. Miss Ann Hall to be Ambassador to Lithuania. Mr. Lawrence Silverman to be Ambassador to Kuwait. Miss Carol Perez to be Ambassador to Chile. Miss, Mr. Mark Sobel to be U.S. Executive Director to the IMF. I want to thank all these nominees for their willingness to serve and settle in these positions. Senator Cardin, do you have any additional comments? I do not, and I again thank you for uh, bringing these to the committee's attention. I support all of them. Does anyone else wish to speak to these nominees? Uh, with that, um, I would uh, entertain a motion to uh, so pass them in block. A second. second. All in, so moved and seconded. The question is on the motion to approve the nominations. All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed? With that, the ayes have it. The Mr. nomination. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Yes, sir. Could I please be recorded as a no on Mark Sobel? Absolutely. As I. Absolutely. Mr. Chairman, I want to be Senator recorded Perdue. as a no as well. And uh, Senator Rubio is a no on Sobel. Is that correct? Any other? Next, we'll consider uh, SCON Res 41, the Peshmerga re resolution. Senator Cardin, you have any additional comments? No, I don't. I support the resolution. I know there's a, an amendment, but, uh, so I do support the uh, bill and the amendment. Okay. Anyone else wish to speak to this resolution? No further discussion on this resolution. I'd entertain a motion to approve the Rubio second degree amendment to the Corker-Boxer amendment by voice vote. Is there a? So moved. Is there a second? So moved and seconded. The question's on the motion to approve the Rubio second degree to the Corker-Boxer amendment by voice vote. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? 
With that, the ayes have it. The amendment is agreed to. Next, I'd entertain a motion to approve the Corker Boxer Amendment as amended by the second Rubio second degree by so voice vote. Is there a second? So moved and seconded. The questions on the motion to approve the Corker Boxer Amendment as amended. All those in favor say aye. Opposed, with that, the ayes have it. The amendment is agreed to. Are there any further amendments? Hearing none, is there a motion to approve the resolution as amended? So moved. Is there a second? second. So moved and seconded. The question is on the motion to approve SCON Res 41 as amended. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed, with that, the ayes have it. The resolution is amended. As amended is agreed to. Next, we'll consider S Res 485, the DRC resolution. Senator Cardin, any comments? I support the resolution. I know there's some amendments, and I would encourage you to approve the amendments in the resolution. Any other members wish to speak to the resolution? Yes, sir. Senator Flake. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I want to thank the committee for considering this resolution. also want to thank Senator Markey uh, for his uh, work on this issue. Senator Coons and others have a great interest uh, here. Uh, we're proposing three amendments on behalf of myself and Senator Markey uh, to uh, to this measure that addressed the current uh, state of the transition in power in the DRC. Um, Senators Rubio, Isaacs and Coons, Durbin, Murphy and Sheehan are also co-sponsoring uh, these amendments. According to the DRC's 2006 uh, constitution, the term of the current president, Mr. Kabila, expires at the end of this year, but he's taken no moves uh, to show that he's uh, willing to comply with the constitution. Um, DRC security and intelligence officials have arrested and harassed and detained peaceful activists and members of civil society, and uh, we, we need to speak out here. I'm uh, probably the last person to ever reach for sanctions, but we do uh, want to authorize uh, and encourage the State Department to, to uh, use any diplomatic uh, tool available, including uh, sanctions on individuals, um, to encourage the government there to move toward these elections. Uh, I appreciate again uh, Senator Markey and others who've worked on this and appreciate the consideration today. Thank you. Thanks for your work on this issue. Anyone else wish to speak? Senator Markey. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I want to thank uh, you and thank Ranking Member Cotton and uh, most especially Senator Flake, our chairman on the subcommittee on Africa and Global Health Policy, Senator Coons and other members uh, who have shown an interest in this very important issue. This resolution in support of the democratic electoral process in the Democratic Republic of the Congo makes a very important statement at a very critical time. Through 2015 and into 2016, we on this committee watched closely as government leaders in Central Africa have increasingly appeared to back away from the promises of their democratic constitutions. As we entered 2016, it appeared apparent that the government of the Democratic Republic of Congo was doing little to prepare for the presidential election required to be held this November under the DRC's constitution. And I became increasingly worried that the country was headed towards a constitutional crisis that carried with it a real risk of seriously destabilizing an already fragile country. In February, February I wrote to Secretary Kerry expressing concerns about delays in the DRC's electoral process and asking him to consider sanctions as a tool to press Congo's leadership to keep the promises of the country's constitution. This situation is not unique to the DRC. A similar crisis uh, unfolded in neighboring Burundi last summer, but the international community was largely caught by surprise and acted too late 
to help Burundi avoid the crisis. That crisis has cost the lives of hundreds and displaced thousands. The DRC is much larger, and what happens there will send much wider waves rippling in concentric circles across the region. If the DRC reneges on the promise of its democratic constitution, there is every reason to believe that those waves will push forward tension, instability, and violence in the region. But if the DRC's leaders keep faith with the people and fulfill the promise of the Constitution, those waves have the potential to carry the blessings of a better, more stable, more dignified, and prosperous life for all of the people of the Congo and the wider region. It is my strong belief that the surest way for the DRC to avoid crisis is for the government to demonstrate its commitment to the DRC Constitution by holding free and fair elections and preparing for the transfer of power from the incumbent to a new leader. Together with the administration's recent, recent imposition of sanctions on Celestin uh, Kanyama, the police commissioner of Kinshasa, for violence against civilians during a crackdown on democratic protests, this resolution sends a critical message of support to help the people of DRC. It is important that the international community press leaders from across the DRC's political spectrum to keep the promises of the Constitution. Our resolution calls on the government to respect the Constitution and to take concrete steps to organize the elections. We also call on the government and all other relevant parties to engage in a focused, urgent discussion on the nature of those elections. Lastly, the resolution calls on the President of the United States to use appropriate means to help make sure these things take place and to consider additional targeted sanctions against anyone, government, opposition, or otherwise, found to be undermining the democratic process of the DRC. I'd like to share a story with you from my trip to New York this past weekend. The original cast of the Broadway play Hamilton staged their final performance on Saturday night. My wife and I went there for our wedding anniversary. In the days since I've seen the play on Saturday, I've been thinking about how some of the same questions that faced our early leaders now face African countries working to fulfill the promises of their democratic constitutions. There's a moment near the end of the play, an essential moment, both for the play and for our history as a country in which George Washington confides in Alexander Hamilton that he intends to step aside at the end of his second term, after eight years in office. Hamilton, who was 40 at the time and had been working for Washington as his right-hand man since he was 22 years old, was distraught that the only leader of our young country had ever known intended to step aside. He tried to convince Washington to change his mind, to continue to run for yet another term. I was incredibly moved by how the performers captured this fundamental moment in American history. Against Hamilton's protest, Washington responded that by stepping aside, he was teaching the American people that democracy is not about personalities. And just as importantly, he was teaching the presidents to follow him and learning how to say goodbye. After doing his part to fulfill America's democratic constitution, his final official act was to demonstrate that democracy does not depend on him 
or any other individual politician. He needed to show the American people that they must commit to democratic institutions over political personalities. Last summer, I had the great pleasure of joining with Senators Flake and Senator Coons to accompany President Obama on his historic trip to Kenya and Ethiopia. On that trip, we attended a large public event at the African Union in Addis Ababa. Throughout the front of that massive auditorium sat many of Africa's heads of state, and the rest of the hall was filled with mostly young people from throughout all of Africa. The place was packed all the way up to the rafters. President Obama delivered a speech about the responsibility that leaders have to build and respect democracy in Africa. He reinforced a message he had delivered on his first trip to the continent as president years earlier, that Africa doesn't need strong men, it needs strong institutions. As the president spoke, he looked at those leaders and told them that as much as he would like to continue in office as president of the United States, the Constitution of the United States, like many of the constitutions in Africa and around the world, limited him to two terms. He explained that even the president must respect the rules of the game because governance is fundamentally about trust. Promises made and promises kept between elected leaders and the people who elected them. Changing or ignoring those rules risks breaking that trust and sending a society towards turmoil and instability. Of all the great things Washington did for this country, perhaps the greatest was his decision to say goodbye. I find it very difficult to imagine that America would be what it is today if he had not made that decision. What the DRC needs, and what I believe the Congolese people are demanding, is its leaders understand that they are not indispensable. Leaders who understand that they are merely players in a much larger and more important epic to build a nation that lives up to the expectations of its people is what their story and our story is all about. The United States has no interest and no say in which leaders the Congolese people choose, but we do care very deeply that the Congolese people have the opportunity to find their way through this democratic process promised in their constitution. So I thank you again, Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member uh, Cardin, uh, and especially uh, Chairman Flake for making this resolution possible. I am very hopeful that it can move forward to the floor and pass the full Senate before we adjourn for the recess. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. We thank you, and uh, members do have the ability, if they so choose, to have written comments entered into the record, but we thank you for those. Um, is there, uh, are there any further comments? Yes, sir. I'll just briefly thank uh, Senator Flake and uh, Senator Markey for working hard to bring this important resolution forward today. DRC is as large as all of Western Europe combined and has known more violence than almost any country on the continent. I think this is a great contribution. Thank you. Any other comments? Um, if not, uh, if someone would make a motion that we approve this, I would appreciate it. We have, we'll amendments. We have some amendments, I think. Oh. Would it be amendments or not? Okay. We entertain a motion to approve all three Flake, Markey amendments and so block moved. by voice vote. Second. Is there a second? Second. So moved and seconded the questions on the motion to approve all three Flake, Markey amendments and block by voice vote. 
All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed, with that, the ayes have it and the amendments are agreed to. Are there any further amendments? Hearing none, is there a motion to approve the resolution as amended? So moved. So moved and seconded. Seconded, so moved and seconded. The questions on the motion to approve S Res 485 as amended. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? With that, the ayes have it and the resolution as amended is agreed to. Our next order of business that I that I would also like to consider and block by voice vote are the remaining resolutions before the committee. S Res 515, S Conres 42, S Conres 46, S Res 524, the Yemen uh, resolution. Senator Cardin, any comments? Support them all. Any? Senator Sheen. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would like to be added as a co-sponsor of S Conres 42 and appreciate that we are taking this action at this time. Without objection, Senator Menendez. Uh, Mr. Chairman, briefly, uh, I appreciate that we are moving uh, the resolution calling on the government of Iraq, the United Nations, and the United States government to commit to expediting a workable resettlement process for the people of Camp Liberty. And we're reminded of the danger they faced just this past 4th of July uh, when attacks were uh, once again uh, upon Camp Liberty as a reality of everyday life there. Uh, it's the United States when we invaded Iraq that went uh, to the MEK and said, we'd want you to give up your weapons and in return we guarantee you your security. We guarantee you your security. Well, they did that and much more. They gave us information about Iran's nuclear program. They have continued to do so and yet we have not, from my perspective, done what is necessary to secure the guarantee that we gave them. I hope this resolution moves it forward so that they can be resettled safely outside of Iraq and continue to enjoy uh, the freedoms of liberty. Any other members wish? Senator Murphy. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I want to thank you and uh, Ranking Member Cardin for working with me on the resolution, uh, setting forth some basic guardrails uh, on uh, our priorities uh, and concerns about the ongoing conflict in Yemen. Clearly, this should be at the top of our priority list as a committee, given the fact that the United States is supporting uh, in a fairly major way the coalition activities there. It is the latest front in the proxy war between the Saudis and the Iranians. It's led to uh, close to 6,000 civilian deaths. It's uh, proffered the dramatic growth of AQAP and the entrance of ISIS into that conflict. Uh, I think we've built a very uh, fair-minded and balanced resolution that calls on both sides uh, to uh, reduce civilian casualties, to allow for humanitarian aid, to flow into Yemen, and to support uh, a peace-driven diplomatic process that is ongoing as we speak. So I thank both of you for uh, taking the, your time to uh, put forward what I think is a very constructive resolution. Thank you. Any other comments? There's no further discussion on these resolutions. I entertain a motion to approve uh, all of these on block by voice vote. So moved. Is there a second? So moved and second. The questions on the motion to approve these resolutions on block. All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed? With that, the ayes have it. The resolutions are agreed to. That completes our committee's business. I ask unanimous consent that staff be authorized to make technical and conforming changes. Without objection, so ordered. And with that, without objection, the committee, the business meeting will stand adjourned.
Mr. Chairman, before you adjourn, could I be recorded as null and solvable, please? Uh, please record Senator Resch as a null and solvable. Anyone else? Meetings adjourned.